it was such a flash that came flooding back. It was an orange boogie board and I'd go out there with my little bathing suit, probably maybe it matched, I don't know. <laughs> I would just go out with the kelp and it was freezing cold. I did not care. The ocean would just hold me. Those memories of my childhood, that joy is still the same when I'm surfing. Don't forget, you're that Emily still who loved to have fun, you know, and yeah. you're, you're still easygoing and light and it's okay to be silly. Even though you're a mom now and you've got all, you know, it's okay to let go a little bit. Hello and welcome to Wilding 50. I am your host, Christine Forrester. In this podcast, I will be interviewing surfers from my local breaks and beyond following a surf session. Whether you are learning to surf like me, keen on new adventures, or in the mood for a good conversation, I hope you will find some inspiration with these surf tales. This week's podcast is a special one to my heart because I interview my surf pal, the one who has consistently met me for about once a week to surf together for the past year. We talk about the importance of a surf pal for commitment, enthusiasm, surfing year round, being the witness to one another's growth, exploring new locations together, boogie boarding, running, motherhood, and finding liberation in your 50s to get your tomboy on. Emily is lighthearted, honest, and you will wish she was your surf pal too. Testing, testing. Okay, I can see it now. Okay. Testing, testing. Good. Hi, Emily. Hi, Christine. Okay, <laughs> we just recorded this entire interview and it never recorded. So here we are again. Take two. Take two. Gosh, I hope we get all of our good stuff in here. Okay. okay. I wanted to start talking about the importance of having a pal in any new adventure or anything you want to learn. So <laughs> you're my, my best surf pal. And because you want the pal for accountability, for fun, for enthusiasm. And so we met through an, a mutual friend named Ariel. We're going to shout out to Ariel. She saw you surfing down there at the beach with your, your boys all the time. And she, and I was always asking her, I was practically begging her to go surfing with me. And she's like, okay, I'm going to set these two women up. And it's been this amazing connection, right? We clicked from the moment we met each other yes. and our entire relationship has basically happened out in the water. Yes. <laughs> I, I know. We are clothed, like right now, like right. we're usually in wetsuits. <laughs> yeah. The entire time I think we've met each other. Yeah. Every, well, yeah, except for one time. I did come to your house for a hangout. But other than that, we've, our friendship has just been in the water. I don't think I've ever had a friend that was so, like just around one thing, but it's kind of neat. Like yeah. we've gotten really close, right? It's like a oh, nice yeah. time to talk and get to know. Yeah. Especially if you hit it off. I mean, like we, right. We had like, you know, we like, I feel like you're my, my long lost friend from years ago and it just, it was a good, good match. So again, thanks Ariel. Yes. (laughs) Thank you. And I hope Ariel (laughs) will come out with us sometime. I would love that. So we've been trying to go together once a week uh, since the summer of 2021. Mm -hmm. And so my goal last year was to surf through winter because I've been trying to surf for a couple of years now, but to be honest, I was kind of like a touristy surfer, you know, where I would go when the conditions were good. It was kind of like a summertime thing. And then as soon as the water got cold, I'd say, okay, I'm done. And I'd be out. But last year, my goal was, okay, if I'm really committed to this, I am, I have to surf through the whole year because that's what a surfer does. And so it was so helpful to have you there for accountability. Yeah, it, that was, I felt the same with you because I thought I want to do this too. I would like to continue going during the winter I have a buddy, my best surf buddy. <laughs> I'm going and we're going to do this. Yeah, right. And and we did. <laughs> we did. And there were many there were a couple times when I I remember it was cold and a little rainy and I like oh, I'm like texting you Emily like Emily I don't think I'm going to go and you're like, "Well, I'm going." I'm like, "Okay, well, <laughs> damn it, I'm going too." I think our 
that one time. Yeah. You're like, ah, okay, I'm going to go. I'm yeah. like, okay. And I, <laughs> I told my husband, he's like, good, you both should go. I go, we are. <laughs> So, and it turns out that it's not so bad, right? Because the coldest it gets is 59, 58 degrees, right? And people yeah. are surfing in Alaska, in the Great Lakes. Like, what are we complaining about? They're, it's not that bad. And yeah. you were the one that, that really convinced me, like, get a warm wetsuit because you had a really nice Patagonia mm -hmm. wetsuit. Okay, now yes. I shouldn't be saying that. Unless Patagonia, you want to sponsor us or something. Yeah. <laughs> but we, you got to have the right gear, right? Mm -hmm. And make yourself comfortable. Yeah. I, once I, I got that Patagonia wetsuit, I was completely at ease in the water. Like my body wasn't shivering and, um, I felt like calmer and I could move around a little bit easier. And I'm like, Oh, okay. This is how it's supposed to be. This is how it's supposed yeah. to be. <laughs> and that's supposed to be freezing my butt off. Because like, it's a challenge. I don't have to. Right. It's a very steep learning curve, right? It's a challenging yeah. sport. So why are you going to make yourself miserable while you're, while you're doing that? There's already a lot going on. So we started going to the Harbor together because we both like the community there. And so we did a lot of white water riding in the early days. And right. then we moved on to the pier because we realized that the, the whitewash is kind of like a, had a little bit more of a power source to it. Yeah. And at a certain point, um, we started getting a little bit closer to the lineup, right? And then, but I started feeling like I needed more technical skills mm -hmm. to really be there in the lineup. And so we started going to Terramar where it's a little bit more of a beginner break. Mm -hmm. So how has that transition been for you? Um, it's been really uh, informative for me because I'm gathering so much information just from being in um, the harbor and then from there, you know, going to, like you said, the pier and I was like, oh, okay, this is totally different. It felt different to me at least. Mm -hmm. And we were paddling out a little bit farther. So it was great to get to learn at the harbor because I felt like it was, I can look back now and go, oh, that was a lot more challenging than I realized had maybe I started to learn at Terramar, which would have been great too, but I, I didn't. So, and then going to Terramar, I'm like, oh, this feels so much like lighter or there was a little bit more of a gentler wave, it seemed like. But having that uh, experience at the harbor from the beginning when I was sort of first learning again um, was really beneficial. I, and I didn't know it at the time. <laughs> I think that it's taught us to be stronger paddlers and to really understand how to get through the whitewater, right? Because you've got to do that to travel out. I think if you start at Terramar, you probably don't get as much experience. You, you get better at riding the open face waves for sure. Because yeah. it's such a simple paddle out, right? That's the thing that strikes you is that there's really yes. no struggle. Like all you have to do is struggle to get through that big old heap of seaweed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not oh tangled God. there. Yeah. But then you get out to the lineup pretty easily. I did, however, hear about two days ago that there was this uh, really dangerous rip tide, mm. and a, a woman had gotten caught out in it, lost her board, and then this guy went out and tried to help her, and he lost his board. And I don't know what actually ended up happening, but it, it really took me by surprise because it is such a gentle break every time I've been there, but it really shows you again how quickly the ocean can change. I know you mentioned that to me, and it, it is it's so humbling. You just kind of go, okay. I don't know, like, I'll forget sometimes because I'm like, this is so much fun, but how quickly the ocean can change and how in focused you need to be and aware of what you're doing and who you're out there with and, and just what's going on. All the things. And yeah, then take all the a, things. And take a good look at the ocean before you ever paddle out. That's what I'm going to do. Like, I, yeah. with oh, Terramar yeah. too, is like that you can have that vantage point you're up from the stairs and like mm. really look at and see like, okay, mm -hmm. is there any like difference in the rippling of the water? Can you spot a riptide here? Are the people out on the lineup, are they pretty much staying stationary or are they drifting? And right. It's a good reminder, right. To just yes. take, assess what you're Such moving into. Another, I don't think we brought this up, but another point of 
having a surf pal is that you can really appreciate one another's progress, right? Because we, as we said, you know, the surfing is a very steep learning curve. And a lot of times I think you feel like you're just not progressing. You're not getting better. There was one time about eight, no, six months ago. I don't know. You just turned to me and you're like, Christine, you're getting so much better. And I was like, you are too. And we had this big like hug in the water because we're always kind of dorks. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We just don't care. We, we had this great moment of joy and it's nice to know that you actually are improving and to have somebody like that witness of that. Yes, that's so great because it feels, you feel like empowered and your confidence is even built even more. And you're like, yes, oh my gosh, this is working. What I am doing is working and this is so much fun. And look at, look at how far I've come. Right? It's so awesome. <laughs> I was just thinking, I have this dear friend in Italy and I hope it's not like this. Like every, I don't see her very often. I see her like every five or six years. And when I see her, we always have this joke where we like, we, we give each other a big hug and we're like, you haven't changed a bit, even though we know it's not true. Actually, <laughs> she's an Italian. She doesn't look like she's changed at all. But I'm like, well, <laughs> I assure you, I am not lying to you. You have come <laughs> You have changed. And the fact that you're surfing is like, oh my God, you're like, so you're catching all these waves. It's like, it's really noticeable. Yeah, no, you are too. I've always been, I've been a big admirer of your, like your like graceful squat and your graceful movement as you catch the wave and ride. And so let's go back. We did a lot of um, boogie boarding as kids. And I, I'm pretty sure that this has helped us both tremendously. So my family, uh, we were not into surfing at all, but we did a lot of outdoor sports and there was this running joke in our family that we were the only kids that had to train for our family vacations. <laughs> and um, so my dad was a big sailor and we would go to Baja and my brother and I had always had our boogie boards and we would just be praying that we would camp somewhere where there were waves. So we spent a lot of time in the water, right? And you you mentioned growing up, up north in Northern California mm-hmm. that you did too. So you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So yeah, I grew up in Los Gatos, which is relatively close to Santa Cruz. That's where we, our beach that we'd go to. And we would go there often. Um, and we'd bring our boogie boards and I loved it. It was like something I just adored. And it was an orange boogie board and I'd go out there with my little bathing suit, probably maybe it matched. I don't know. <laughs> I would just go out with the kelp and it was freezing cold. I did not care. And I loved it. The ocean would just hold me. Mm. And I have such fond memories of that. Mm. I think now surfing, of course, those, you know, a million years ago, it feels like those memories of my childhood, that joy is still the same when I'm surfing. I can recall it. And like the sheer pleasure of, of surfing was just kind of the same how I felt when I was a kid, you know, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, whatever. It was fun. And my parents weren't surfers either, but they would just hang out on the beach and, you know, watch and always supportive with whatever we wanted to do in regards to, you know, sports and stuff like that. So it was really fun, a fun time, fun memory. And it teaches you such basic skills, right? Because I I have heard this now that surf instructors often will say, go get a boogie board if you're learning to surf, right? Because Mm -hmm. you are upping the stakes by taking an actual surfboard on the water if you don't really know what you're doing. But if you have a boogie board, you it's softer material. You can learn how to like ride down the line Mm -hmm. a little bit, right? Angle your your takeoff and just that feeling of the movement in the water. So it's such a nice, a nice tool, right? And a nice, a nice return too. I agree with you that there's so many memories of as a child of boogie boarding because I, I left the boogie board like probably when I was in junior high and then yeah, got yeah. more into ocean swimming and just, you know, did all these other sports, but I, I haven't 
really gotten on a boogie board and now I'm in the surfboard, but it really is this nice connection to your childhood. It is. I didn't realize it was going to be like that until uh, I got out. I was like, oh, oh, wow. It, it was such a flash that came flooding back of a memory. Right. And then I forgot. I loved this as a kid. And it was it was really cool because so I was thinking back of like, don't forget, you're that Emily still who loved to have fun, you know, and yeah. you're, you're still easygoing and light and it's okay to be silly, even though you're a mom now and you've got all, you know, it's okay to let go a little bit yeah, and be okay with that, right? So a little more vulnerable feelings when you're out in the ocean. We also were in on the track team, right? In high school, I just mm-hmm. learned that about you. I didn't even know you were a runner and I did a lot of running in my early adult years like you. So I'm curious how running has informed learning to surf. Is there any, any parallels that you see there? I would say probably the kind of mind over matter, maybe pushing through like a long run or a sprint. I I was on the sprint team. And so just mentally preparing myself, like I can do this. Um, Maybe it was like super duper hot. And I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know. Maybe that was what my mental state was when I was in high school. Um, Or just, and then when I later, later on doing half marathons, pushing, you know, that last mile, but mentally telling myself, I can do this. Even though I'm feeling like a little uneasy or if my body is like, mm, really, can you? <laughs> so I think it just helped kind of get that muscle going of switching gear of saying, no, you can do this. I know that sounds kind of cliche, but that was a constant in those moments. And so I feel like with surfing and it did intimidate me a little bit because new ish and, but trying to mentally say, no, you can do this, go try it, see what yeah. you can do. Right. And yeah. And surprise yourself. <laughs> and, and running is such a mental game right it really Mm -hmm. like I I remember as I progressed more as a runner that you make that shift and you because your body is always saying oh it hurts oh it's uncomfortable oh (laughs) and you realize like actually no I'm stronger and more capable than what my body's telling me but it's it's that shift in your brain is what you're talking about too that you just say it's okay as long as you're not injuring yourself obviously or like pushing through pain Mm -hmm. in a bad way but that is like that inner kind of strength and drive I think then helps right with with surfing and things because there's a lot of paddling work to get to like keep keep going and keep moving, right? It's a very right. can become very strenuous. Yes. So you've talked a lot about how learning to surf has helped you to build confidence in other areas of your life, and I'd love for you to talk a little bit more about that and maybe give us an example or two. I would say that decision making has been something. When I was younger, I was like, oh, I don't know if I should do this. Uh, uh, like you know, kind of going back and forth. But when I got into surfing. I'm so in the moment. I have to commit. No, you can take this wave. Take it. Just do it. Don't think about it. You know you can do it. And if you if you fall, you fall. So applying that to maybe motherhood, being a mom, like no, I know what I'm doing. I can I can take care of these kids. You know, I it's like you know it's intimidating at times. <laughs> You're like, oh my gosh, I've never been a mom before. What the heck? Just applying that and the confidence in being a mother. Maybe late at night when your kid's sick, you're like, uh, what? You got croup, cough. Oh my gosh, what do I do? I got to call, do I call the pediatrician? So just, I feel like, like now, calm down, get focused. I don't do this all the time, but it's, it, surfing has been helped me kind of also kind of keep a little more calm. It's been such a life lesson and reminder for me to constantly do that. And that has brought more confidence to myself because I know I'm capable of doing it. Tell, what about that time you said that you were in the mountains with your family? I was in Mammoth 
and my husband and our friend Taylor, uh, she, they went mountain biking and her husband, Brett, had injured himself. So he hung out with us and my boys. And he says, why don't we go take the boys to go bouldering? I know a place not too far. Great. Let's go. So we go over there. The kids get out and they're like, well, this is so great. And he goes, Emily, why don't you try this boulder? And I was like, okay. I'm like, what? Why did I just say, okay? I'm like, I don't boulder. I'm like, no, I'll, I'll try it. He's like, I think you can do it. It's about 10 feet tall, probably as tall as your ceilings in here. So I go and I do it. I'm nervous. Like I'm like shaking almost. I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm going to try this. I want to see if I can do it. And I think the only reason why I did it was because I've been going out surfing with you and by myself and facing some scary moments or intimidating moments rather. And I did it. I went to the top of the boulder and I got up like off and I was like, yeah, oh my gosh, I did this. And I did it twice. And he, he got it on video and I, I mean, I don't, I didn't cry, but I was like cheering myself. I'm like, yeah. oh my gosh, look at what I just did. The last time I had done something like that was about 12 years ago with my husband. And I showed him the video. He's like, what, what happened? And 12 years ago, you were like crying to get off the inside, you know, the rock climbing wall. Get me over this thing. And I was like, I think it's honestly it's from surfing. Yeah. I think it's the only reason why I was able to do this because I've found the seed of confidence that I've been slowly nurturing. And Emily, it's still in there. Yeah. No, that's beautiful. It's wonderful it's to have that awareness. Yeah, of mm-hmm. yourself and your own growth. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. I am 50. And you are 47. And we are in that age in which a lot of Western culture is basically telling us to just give up already. And, um, and we're obviously going through some significant hormonal changes. So yes. any, <laughs> any ideas about this? Oh my. Um, no, I'm still searching. <laughs> Lots of acupuncture and herbs. I find that surfing for me, I, I think I'm probably repeating myself, but it, it's so empowering to me. And my body is still strong. I'm taking good care of it. And, you know, it's a daily practice of stretching and, and mindfulness. And um, and I want to keep doing this, even though I know, like you said, Western society is like, oh, well, you're 47, you're 50. But I'm like, well, great. Bring it on. I'm, I, I can still do it. I don't consider myself like I've aged out or whatever. I can't do it. And I love that I'm doing this because it feels so good to my body. My body is re- is responding in such a, I love how my hair feels after I get out of the water, <laughs> like like all of it. I just, and so I know it, it feels right. And I'm old enough to know what that feels like now. I don't know if I would have known that, you know, 10 years ago, whatever, but we've come, I've come this far and I am so grateful. Yeah. I wouldn't have it any other way. Right. I mean, yeah. I, my experience with turning 50 is that it's been very liberating and liberating. Mm-hmm. Right. And then it feels, I just feel like I'm not as worried about what other people think. I'm more, I get more joy and feel value of myself and my strength. Right. I'm not so dependent on maybe my perception of my, uh, my physical appearance the way I was at 18 or 25 or even 30. Right. I just kind of moved beyond that. I just, well, not always, but I think I'm trying to remember who, who said this. There was this woman I l- heard, listened to one time that said that going through, you know, turning 50 or whatever, and these changes that you return a little bit to like your 12 year old self before you went through puberty. Mm-hmm. And I love that feeling. 
right? That you just, you remember how you were at 12, right? Mm -hmm. When you were really carefree and you didn't care because you were not this reproductive body walking around, (laughs) you know, it was a little bit more like you had your tomboy on. And I think that's it. It's like, right. You can kind of explore your inner tomboy a little bit more. And so it's been, um, I think it's been good. And I, I think I really love what you're saying too, about these daily practices, about trying to ensure your own kind of longevity and taking care of yourself so that you can do the things that you want to do. Like whatever your dream is, like maybe it's to learn to salsa dance, or maybe it is to climb a mountain, or maybe it is to just start walking around the neighborhood. I mean, I don't, whatever it is, right. But Mm -hmm. if you, if you put these daily practices in motion that you will actually, you're much more able to chase those dreams, right? Like small lifting weights or eating well, and you know, all of those little things that we we try to do. I agree. And I think my and I have to say my husband's been such an inspiration to me because he does this on a regular basis. He is one of the most dedicated people that I know or um to to just take such good care of himself and he's very mindful and I know it's it's a daily practice for him day and night. And he's a very strong athlete and he he is 50 and he wouldn't you'd be like, "Oh my gosh, wow, like he just goes for it and it's been great for my kids to see. And it's so, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, nice. (laughs) Yeah. So tell us what your biggest challenge with learning to surf has been. Probably the mental, (laughs) the mental chatter actually of the self-doubt. Like, I don't know if I can do this and oh, I'm intimidated. I feel like I might be too old, that kind of talk. So I think that's probably one of the biggest things for me to overcome and I would say, oh, I'm afraid. What are you afraid of? Right. So, and I think that has been part of like my morning routine. I'll do some meditation and I'll try and go, I'll just say to myself, all right, you know, this is, you can do this. There's nothing to be afraid of. And why are you afraid? Let's get to the bottom of it. And there's really a lot of exploring in that area. And that kind of also transfers out into parenting and, and just life in general. So it's just been, it's really brought a lot of awareness to me, but I guess that's been one of my biggest challenges with surfing. It's just the mental doubt and the self-talk that might not be as supportive just to myself. And I, you know, I wouldn't say the things maybe sometimes I say to myself, to my friends ever, I'd be like, you can do it. You've got this. Right. And I'm like, okay, well, say it to yourself, yeah. you know, kind of, we all know this, but. And any kooky moment that you can remember? Uh, Probably when, you know, just so when I've been surfing, sometimes I think even today I did it, like I caught the wave and I went to go stand up and my hand completely slipped and I like slammed my face side onto the floor and I was like, oh my God, that was so stupid. I'm really embarrassed that I just did that. I mean, it was like there was, you know, like oil on my board. I was like, oh my gosh. And then I kind of fell off and I was like, you know, washing machine. I was like, okay. Well, my, um, my kookiest moment as a beginning podcaster was <laughs> recording this entire interview with you, <laughs> but not recording. This is our second time. Second time. <laughs> so kooky moments happen in all, all aspects of life. Oh, like, uh, yes, that's true. So what is your personal goal with surfing or where do you imagine yourself maybe five or 10 years from now? Still surfing, hopefully with my kids. I think they're at least maybe one of them like into surfing. I don't know if they both will, but, uh, right now they're into boogie boarding and I'd love to be able to surf with them and just keep going out. And so staying strong, staying healthy, staying fit, keep at it and surfing with you. Yes, <laughs> I know. I know. That would be like the best thing ever. 
I would love that. Right. So yeah. I know. I hope I'm in your future too. That's my <laughs> dream. That's my goal. <laughs> and I intend it. To, I intend for it to happen. Yeah. So. Yes. Oh, I appreciate you so much, Surf Pal. Thank yes, you. I appreciate you too, Surf Pal. And I love that you coined us Surf Pal. Yes. That's my favorite. <laughs> thank you so much, Emily. Oh, thank you, Christine. It's been super fun. Thank you. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing. And if you feel inclined to leave a kind review, I would greatly appreciate it. I hope you'll stay tuned for the next Surf Tale on the Wilding 50 podcast.